everyone, and welcome to Oh! A Podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by Oh! Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oh! Rock Studios. I'm Michael Gray, the uh, part-time neurologist of Oh! Rock Studios. Just, just making stuff up now. <laughs> that wasn't my intro, was it? No, I, I'm the head writer of Oh! Rock Studios and part-time uh, brain surgeon. <laughs> How's it going, Michael? Oh, I'm fine. Apparently, I'm not cut out to do brain surgery. <laughs> if I can't even get my intro right. <laughs> <sighs> so, Michael, I went to a musical the other day. A musical? Went to a musical. A theater production called uh, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Have you ever heard of this? No, I have not. Uh, it was on Broadway uh, a while ago. It was written in 1985, so it's kind of an old one. It's been around a little while, uh, but it just came to uh, my town, Ithaca. Uh, and what's interesting about this musical, and the reason I wanted to bring it up, is that it is an interactive musical. Oh. It's uh, based on a book by uh, Charles Dickens that he was uh, releasing serially, like a comic book, right? Like an in installments. Yeah, it's basically how they did it with with magazines. Like he'd do one chapter yeah. of the book every every month, you know, and they'd have it in that in the monthly magazine because that's how they did it back then, right? But then he died. <laughs> yeah, he died before he was able to say who done it, and he didn't leave like any notes behind or anything, or like so nobody nobody knows who done it in this book, like. You know, 150 years later, however long it's been, like, nobody knows. So this musical uh, looks to answer that. Uh, and the way they do that is that after the first act, uh, the audience gets to vote on who the murderer was. <laughs> and I I just thought that was so cool. It was such, like, a, a video game kind of thing to do, like a visual novel thing to do. Like, I mean, they really, like, they have all the different suspects come out. They all present, like what their motive was and then they close your eye they close their eyes and you vote on uh, who done it and then the person who everyone voted for gets to sing a confessional uh, at the end of the play and I just, thought, I just thought that was pretty cool um my favorite part though was that uh after you vote on the murderer uh they decide that that's not a happy enough ending so you also get to vote on which characters you want to see hook up <laughs> What? <laughs> it's like live theatrical shipping. It's the best. <laughs> and then they they sing a duet together about how they've suddenly found love with each other. It's it's so weird. It's so interesting. And and they must be like, you know, so many different combinations they've had to prepare and and you know and write <laughs> and and practice is just it was a really interesting idea. It sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a game I played called Mystery our, our Midnight Mysteries Ghost Rider. I don't think they've made any other games in the Midnight Mystery series, but um, basically the premise was uh, the culprit is the the villain from that that book you're talking about, the Mystery of Edwin Drood. Really? Well, yeah. And, and basically, you you had to travel through a couple of Charles Dickens novels like uh, Oliver Twist and David Copperfield. And I remember specifically in the video of Oliver Twist, we meet him, and then I said, ooh, what a twist! And then somebody oh, no. had a really sarcastic comment. <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh. I don't know. I don't think it was a sarcastic comment. I think it was actually it's like, Michael, you never failed to amuse me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something mean. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it just, it just struck me as like, yeah, a, a real, like, v the most video game-like musical I've ever seen 
Uh, but yeah, actually it reminds me a lot too of um, what Telltale Games has been doing lately. They've added this feature called crowd play to their newer games where it's exactly the same thing. Like one person plays the game and everyone else like logs into the game with their smartphone and votes on what actions the player takes. Like like in The Walking Dead, you might vote uh, for which character you save and which one you let die. Stuff like that. How does that affect, um, I guess, the player who's actually playing the game? What if they decide they don't want to go along with the crowd? Uh, so there's a couple different settings you can pick. You can pick, like, a setting where you have the option to override to the crowd, and you can play pick an option where you don't have that ability. And you just, you are, you are uh, yeah, you are a prisoner to the crowd's whims. That sounds like it could be a, a video game in itself. Let me write down that idea. <laughs> oh, no. Like, like you know, the the premise is you're playing one of those games and you're forced to do whatever the crowd says, and the game changes based on whatever the mysterious crowd tells you to. Wait, what, okay, wait. What if it's a game about a person who lets real-life people do that to them in real life? Like, it's like a streamer who streams, like, 24-7, and whenever he has to make a deci- he or she has to make a decision throughout their day, they let, like, everyone in the Twitch chat vote on what they do. But ga- gaming ideas, because uh, I was thinking earlier today about her story, which I haven't actually played, but I understand it's something you like should. that, where it's, um, I guess, a non-traditional style video game. Yeah, so, I mean, do you want me to give a quick rundown? Because I did play her story. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, seem, I seem to remember yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's a game where, uh, and if, I'm trying to remember this correctly, you're, what was it? You're, you're exploring computer files, like trying to investigate uh, some sort of mystery, and you search through the database using different key phrases that you come up with and watch different video clips based on these choices. Like, you'll... You'll watch a video and someone will mention a person's name that you've never heard before. And then you'll think to search for that person's name in the database and find all kinds of videos dealing with them that you haven't seen before. And um, there's no, like, strict ending to the game. It's basically over when you personally decide that you think you know what happened. (laughs) It's very weird and very interesting. Reminds me of the Sherlock Holmes iOS game, which was also for... uh... I think the Sega something, which was based off a board game itself, you could basically type in keywords, which would be like people's names or such, and you'd get to see a a video clip of them. But more often than not, you just go to the person's house and they're not there and you see nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it sounded like it was going to be kind of tough and annoying, like, I'm really bad at games with text parsers like that, like the old adventure games where you have to type, like, go up, pick up Apple, throw Apple at dude, like, stuff like that. I can never, like, wrap my head around the right phrases to use in any situation, but, like, this game was, like, really gripping. Like, Lizzo and I, like, we played it together during lunch, and then we're like, we got we, we can't stop now. We played it again during dinner. We can't stop now. We basically just played it all day until we were able to get through. It was like, it was like a book that you can't put down. Yeah, and interesting the uh, idea. So uh, they're all video files, police video files. Was that it? Yeah, yeah. They're all they're all videos in a police database, and I'm I'm being cagey about what you're investigating because I can't remember what's a spoiler and what you know from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, I mean I was just confirming. It's not like you know 
you have a total stranger's computer and you're going through that and you're trying to figure out what on earth was this person about, which could also be an interesting Which would also be cool. No, this is specifically a a police database of of, uh, interviews with a suspect for a, a case that happened a number of years ago. And you're you're watching through the videos and trying to piece together for yourself what you think happened. Yeah. So speaking of the old adventure games, um, yes, I guess we don't have any of our own games to talk about this month. <laughs> We're just talking about other games. <laughs> hey, we could talk about whatever we want. This is our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, you mentioned uh, text parsers and things like that. Why? Mm-hmm. Is it, like, super difficult to program, like, synonyms in into those things? <laughs> Are you just asking, like, what are you asking, why people don't make them anymore, or why they were tough to play, or... I, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, like you said, uh, the games are very specific. I played uh, text parser games where it's very specific, like, you need to drink the drink the root beer. You cannot swallow the root beer. You cannot put root beer in mouth. Um, you cannot, um, I guess, chug, uh, root beer. It's very specific. There's only one yeah. entry that you could put in. And it's like, why would they program the game like that? Uh, I, I honestly, I think it's, it, I don't think it was a technical limitation. Um, the way I understand it, at least with the old Sierra games was that the games went through like a significant amount of testing. Like they would have people play through the entire game and then they would have like a printout of all of the verbs all the actions that the player tried to do, and then when they went through the next round of revisions of the game, they would incorporate all of these things that people tried to account for them. So hmm. uh, I don't think it was a technical limitation so much as these words just never came up. They didn't think to program them. I think it's just as simple as that. Okay. I think uh, I, I know we were talking about making like a, a text adventure game or some, an old-style adventure game yeah. at some point. Um. Isn't there another way to do it where it's like there's a list of like the ten verbs that you actually need to get through the game and you you could play the game that way? Like that's a different style of parser. I mean that's that's pretty close to just like, you know, Monkey Island kind of game where you have all of your verbs at the bottom of the screen, like, you know, six or eight different verbs and you just click on them. Um I mean that I mean that sort that style of game is a direct descendant of the text parser. It just taken to a simpler but more player-friendly version. Yeah, yeah, okay, it makes sense. That's how how it, I guess, evolved, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then from there it evolved to you just have a cursor and you click on stuff in the screen and stuff happens. <laughs> you don't even have to worry about verbs. Like, the game figures out what verb you want to do based on what item you're clicking on. Which which some might argue is is too simplistic. I don't know, it, you know, it's interesting to see how the games... Um, I guess games develop. Play, playing Dungeons and Dragons or, or something like that, it's easier to see how the older text games are meant to like recreate that experience. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, you're making things up on the fly. Yeah. So what's interesting about the um the software that that I use to make adventure games is that it does have text parser functionality built into it, and I think it has um unless I'm mistaken, I think it actually has like a database of verbs built verbs and synonyms built into it already. So you're not just like trying to figure it out yourself as you go along. Like it knows that like walk and move uh, essentially mean the same thing, or pick up and take mean the same thing. It does all that by default. Um, so it gives you a bit of a head start, at least if 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 you're making that sort of game. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the sort of game where you have to go through a lot of testing, and and you know maybe the 
the types of games with text parsers where you your your synonyms aren't picked up as readily as you might think. Maybe those games didn't get enough testing after all, you know. And I think that's 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 fairly likely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we're going to make any text parser games. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Although I am still thinking about um, making one of those uh, verb, as we were just talking about, verb style uh, adventure games. Um, I guess I could talk about this pretty quick. Um, since I've wrapped up uh, the Awkward Steve duology, I sort of have a little hole in my schedule for a game that I want to write. Um, so I'm thinking about uh, for real, really. Really for real, starting on uh, basically a cow. <laughs> um, I already have uh, a huge, huge outline and character descriptions and, and where the plot's going to go and all that kind of stuff and, and, and gameplay and GUI and all that stuff sort of designed. And I've had it designed for a couple of years now, but I think I'm going to really work it into my schedule at least once a week. I'm going to actually write the script and then see where that takes me. I've, I've been kind of jonesing to really sit down and write something for a little while. So I think this this can be my outlet and uh, see if anything happens. I mean, I'm going to have the same problems that you and I always have whenever we're trying to make a game like this, which is we don't know anyone to do art. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I will have to deal with that eventually. But I think for right now, I'm going to play around with the script and uh, see if I can do anything. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget if I talked about um the idea for basically a cow before, but I mean, it's it's sort of in the name. You're basically a cow. You're just like a normal cow, and you have a verb interface, but it's all just things that cows can do. So you can you can walk, you can kick, you can nuzzle, you can moo. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to have an option for udder, which lets you produce milk on will, which I will grant you is not a thing that cows can do. Uh, normally, so maybe, well, I'll have to, uh, run that through in my head a few more times, see if that really makes sense, but, but yeah, classic style adventure game where all the verb actions are replaced by typical cow actions, I think. (laughs) It'll be, it'll be my kind of weird. I'm pretty excited to, to finally move anywhere on that. I've had the idea in my head for, like, ten years. I think I've mentioned it, like, back on Game Cola, even. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, getting back to games that are Actually, like, really in production, um, you and I have been going back and forth on the Internet Court script a lot over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that's what we did. We went back and forth, yeah. and then I think we just did, uh, like you said, the final ten pages or so. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, you and I were talking about how uh, <laughs> it's taking us a bit of time to really to get the script where we want it to be, so we want to focus on, yeah, like you said, the last ten pages, um, because those parts uh, star... Your baby, yep. Rosie. Yeah, yep. and we kind of we kind of think we should film it while she's still a baby. So, okay, so I'll make writing a note here just to throw it past my wife to uh, take a look at it. Oh, good idea! If she's the that... one who's going to be doing the baby's voice, <laughs> she she probably might need to be around for that. Yeah, that might be helpful, and it would probably be good to check with her to make sure she wants to do it too. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just put a camera in front of her one time. Here, here's your script. What? What is this a script for? Just read the lines. <laughs> you don't sound angry enough. What do you mean context? <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's basically been uh, it um, in terms of video game development for uh, us. I understand you got like three copy editing jobs. Yeah. <laughs> One of my um 
One of my clients, uh, I guess at the beginning of the month, gave me a trilogy of games to copy edit. Oh, it's a trilogy. So it... it's a trilogy. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean that. That's why. That's why they wanted me to kind of work on them all at once. And ha- I mean, they wanted one person to do all three of them. I sure to to maintain a consistency of style uh, between the three books. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a project. So. I mean, I, I I feel like I talk about this every month. I always have some some side project that's sort of taking me away from game development, um, like working on the games with you. But I mean, this is this stuff pays the bills. So yeah, no, uh, yeah, because uh, I've just been going through uh, my finances, and this stuff is paying the bills. Are <laughs> uh, YouTube's been down like ten, fifteen percent? It uh, says because so. of their stupid advertising stuff. Nope. This I mean, this is just this year. So let's see. You know what? I I still 100% blame Her Interactive for this. <laughs> because they have not released an Nancy Drew game. Yeah, they're putting you out of business. Them and YouTube. It's conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. And yet they, they, they let all these other people people stay. Yeah, so let's see. I should probably estimate how much I'm making in video game sales. This year is just going to be a weird one in terms of um, uh, money. It's mm-hmm. weird because working for the IRS you know, full-time for four straight months apparently makes less than doing the pizza delivery stuff part-time. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's like $1,000 less. I can't believe this. Oh, no. So, um... So you're going to have to go back to being a pizza boy? I hope not. So what I've been doing is, um, you know, trying to get contract work. Uh, Like you said, I'll try a couple of... uh, other game options. Oh, by the way, I made a sale last month. I made a sale for my Sherlock Holmes game on itch.io, which... All right. So this is sale number three in, like, <laughs> three years. I, I'm, I'm oh. exaggerating because I have not, uh, whatever you call it, advertised it or yeah. a- at all. <laughs> I think I mentioned it on, on, on Twitter and my blog once or twice and that that's all the advertising i've done <laughs> maybe it was a maybe it was someone who listens to the podcast if you're out there let us know so i know we talked about it on here a little bit yeah so um i mean why don't you go through the uh story of how you promote games i presume you did some pro- <laughs> i was talking to my wife and she's like did paul do some promotion for cat president because it seemed like it was everywhere <laughs> i mean yeah uh Gosh, it's tough. Like, I'll I'll start this by saying I don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, that's sort of the case with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Is that you know neither of us really has any formal training in game development. I don't know if that's obvious or not. Uh, so a lot of this is me, you know, reading articles about what you're supposed to do, and then asking people, and then just kind of making it up as I go along. Um, so my typical PR approach with games is that. Well, first of all, when I'm developing them, I talk about it a lot on Twitter, um, both just, you know, to have some nice Twitter content, but also to try to get people interested about it and and wanting to hear more and wanting to know when the game comes out. So that's sort of like, just like the baseline stuff that you should be doing. I should be doing that. Jeez. Yes. Yes, you should be. You have way more followers than me. You definitely should be. Well, what I do is I, you know, I talk about, um, you know, things on book reviews, uh, you know, book I'm reading, but I, yeah. I never do. It's like here's the game that I'm recording right now or, or anything. Yeah. Like that. Okay. I'll, I'll do a Twitter yeah. poll asking people if they want to see that. 
<laughs> and I mean, if you ever want to do like a, a Steam a giveaway on your Twitter or blog or whatever for any of our games, just let me know too. I can get you some free code so you can do that uh, if you think that would be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of like where I start with is just trying to build a little bit of momentum on Twitter, talking about it and kind of getting people involved. Like like with Cat President, I think one of the things that, that gave us a big boost was, I mean, this is going to sound like a joke, but I think it's going to be the fact that we included a lot of our friends' cats in the game. <laughs> like, but really, like, that got them invested in the game. Like, I have a friend, his character is one of the main cats, and he was promoting it all over tw- his Twitter and Facebook because he, he wanted his friends to play the game that his cat starred in, you know? So, I mean, that that's kind of a fun way to uh, build a little bit of a buzz. But no, um, that's where I start. And then uh, as I get closer to the actual release... Um, Usually, like, a month before the release, I'll start sending out uh, press releases saying that this game is coming out soon, here's what it is, here's why you should play it. Uh, if it's someone, if it's a journalist or a reviewer or YouTuber that I already have a relationship with, I might send them a code. Otherwise, I'll be like, if you want a code, let me know, I got plenty, and try to get people uh, to talk about the game that way, Um Usually before I start one of these press blasts, I'll try. I'll, I have like this big database, right, of contact information for people for for different genres. I have like a contact list just for people who cover video games, one for people who cover PC games, indie games, visual novels, one for YouTubers, uh, adventure games. Uh, I think I still have one for Xbox Live indie games, which doesn't really help me anymore. Uh, but every time I'm getting ready to send out a press blast, I'll spend say an hour just on Google trying to find new contacts, new new publications that have sprung up since the last time I released a game, just new email addresses that I don't already have in my database. Um, but yeah, so then I send out my big press release, I try to drum up support, um, that usually gets a few posts. And then closer to release, I send out a second one uh, that basically says, alright, the game's coming out. <laughs> Here it is. Last time I'm going to bug you about it, I promise. Please, uh, write about it if you want. Here's some more codes. You want a giveaway? You want, you want to do an interview? I'm, I'd be happy to do interviews. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then that press release goes out, and I usually get a lot more coverage then, because people are usually more interested to talk about a game that's coming out this week or coming out tomorrow than they are a game that's coming out next month. Uh, particularly if it's by a developer that nobody's ever heard of, like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's that's sort of it. Um, I think one of my failings in PR is that I don't. I'm not as great with like the post-release PR because I don't. I don't really know what to do after that. <laughs> like the game's out, I can't send another press release saying the game's been out for a week. Who wants <laughs> review codes? Um. Uh, at that point, I do a lot of social media stuff. I really kind of up that, uh, particularly on the Orock Studios accounts on Facebook and Twitter, not just my personal accounts, but the company accounts. Um, whenever I see positive coverage, I'll be sure to share it, maybe with a select quote. Um, one of my favorites was from after Cat's, Cat President's release, uh, there was a nice Let's Play video on YouTube that I watched, and I got the amazing quote of, I would get a tattoo of DJ Nibbles on my butt. <laughs> so I, I made sure to highlight that, and I think I even added it to the Steam page. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> okay, yeah. I know we've talked about, say, um, uh, uh, holidays, like uh, having a president sale or, or something like that, yes. which is vaguely related, because I know I see that all the time 
on, on on Twitter, like you know, oh, it's National Cheeseburger Day. Oh, well, McDonald's has an ad, <laughs> and uh, you know, Burger King has an ad, and Carl's Jr. has an ad, and I'm sure it's a holiday they've just made up, but. <laughs> they seem to do that for every fake holiday. Like, you know, it's National Cat Day. Everybody's got every single advertising company has their own ad specifically for this holiday. Yeah, it's true. Like we did um we definitely did either giveaways or sales for Cat President. I forget which, but we did something on President's Day and then on Election Day last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was which was good. Um so that's that's actually interesting to talk about. One thing that I haven't really done much of at all and maybe this is one of my failings in this department but i haven't done much just like straight up advertising like i'm not really buying ads on google or facebook or twitter or anything uh for our games and the reason for that is i've done it a bunch of times over the years uh on facebook like even back with game cola i would advertise i would spend money to advertise game cola periodically and I never really got like any return on those ads at all. Like they would, they I would never... show you your own ad when you logged on to yes. Facebook. Yes. Yeah. So the way Twitter works, or face, sorry, yeah, the way Facebook works is like you pay uh, per impression, I think, and like it shows it to you, and that counts as an impression, and you just paid like five cents for that impression, <laughs> which isn't great. Yeah, I know, because I've got, uh, I mean, Facebook keeps trying to get me to, uh, it's like, hey, you've got a popular post on your Facebook page, boost it for $5, yeah. and we'll show it to 6 million people in New York, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, every time I've done that, like, it never gets that many more clicks, we don't get more likes on the page, we don't get more sales, so it's sort of soured me on advertising in general, like, I guess if you really want to you want to go for it. If you really want to return, you got to probably spend more money than I'm willing to spend at this point. You know, I would spend, I think, a max of like 10 or 20 bucks at a time. Maybe if I spent like $500, then yeah, we'd, we might get a little more return on that. But like, I don't have that kind of budget for these games. Not yet. <laughs> we haven't had a big enough hit yet to, uh, to be able to spend that kind of money on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally understand so uh, yeah. I mean, this conversation is just making me think. Um, with the with the Sherlock Holmes game, you know, I I think the game, uh, like I said, because I made a sale uh, recently, it just popped in my head. Oh yeah, that's a thing I did years <laughs> years and years and years yeah. ago. So uh, I I think I think the game itself has like four cases. So I'll probably do like the typical thing. It's like, hey guys, here's case number one for free. Check it out. See if it's yes. anything you like. And uh, if you want, you can, you know, buy the full game with all, all four cases. Oh, I would love to hear how that goes. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I'll have to try to remember to do that. So basically, it's a text game, which I put into um, RenP, which is the visual novel game, simply by making the text box the entire size of the screen. <laughs> and it's it basically, uh, because it's designed to be like a written game, it was originally designed as a text game, it it very much follows like the original stories uh you know using a lot of the original language and stuff like that and occasionally you get to make choices like you get to pick you know what is sherlock going to ask about or um, whether you should go home or solve the mystery and no matter which option you pick you solve the mystery it's very much one of those games where no matter which 
choice you make, the same general story happens because I wasn't about to like rewrite the Sherlock Holmes stories with different culprits because that would sure, sure. take forever for a 61 cent game. <laughs> yeah, so we could, um, going back to your idea of uh, putting the first chapter of Sherlock Holmes for free, we could, and we could be making demos for our games on Steam too. I think that's something that Steam has the functionality for. It's not something I've really played with before because again, I'm, I'm not sure like, what the return on this this kind of stuff is. I don't want to invest too much time and money into stuff that, you know, is going to be a lot of effort with no tangible result. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I wonder if, if, you know, if we did have a demo of Cat President, like you play through the first, uh, just the intro, or you play through the intro and like the first couple of chapters of Kale or something. I wonder. I wonder if that would be a positive or not. I wonder if that would be... Interesting. Like, I've never actually played a demo on Steam, so I don't know if that's a thing that people do or not. Oh, sounds like a, a question for the Oorock, um, I guess, audience. Yeah. If, uh, if anyone's listening to this, you want to chime in. Um, do you play demos on Steam? Do they help you make buying decisions? Or what are what are some things that help you make buying decisions? What, what's some stuff that we could be doing to, to promote our games a little more, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh... So I guess right now, um, what I've been doing is kind of going, I guess, back to um, game writing. I think I mentioned last month, I, I sent in four different, um, what do you call them? Um, they're not... Pitches. Pitches, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So I sent in, you know, I wrote five and I sent in four, and they didn't like any of that. <laughs> oh. Which makes me, it's like, oh no, maybe I should have sent in the fifth one instead. I told you the Sexy Priest game was the one. That would have been the winner, man. Shoulda listened to me. <laughs> shoulda, coulda, woulda, oh. shoulda, yeah. yeah. So they basically got back and, yeah. uh, you know, they said, okay, well, <laughs> here's another option, which is basically self, self-publish self using, uh, mm. you know, their same engine. Choice of Games has two different things. They've got um, their normal label, Choice of Games, and they've also got Hosted Games, which is more like, uh, you know, the self-publishing thing where people use their engine to write their own games. And, and publish it themselves, whereas the choice of games ones are, I guess, a bit more polished. They actually have editors and things mm-hmm. go through them, and um, they've got better terms. Or I guess they they pay you up front, kind of, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You you get some money up front, and uh, it's something like it's like how books work, right? Like you get an advance towards like the 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 total sum that your game makes. I think something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good number, too, from what I've seen. <laughs> it's a pretty impressive number for uh, games writing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, because they didn't like... Uh, I, I mean, they basically said, hey, your ideas, uh, they look good. I, I couldn't tell if it was a standard form letter or not, but is basically saying, hey, we like your pitches, but not enough to actually make them here, self-publish oh. it. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it that way. Yeah, and, and with the self-publishing, you don't get the advance, so you don't really get, like, the guaranteed income for the game. Is that correct? Yeah, basically you get, yeah. uh, I mean, you get the same cut of profits. But you, you don't get the money up front. You don't get the money to, you know, cover your rent while you're writing the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I was wondering about um, trying that um, with the games. So, uh, Paul seemed to, like... Oh, I'm talking to you. Um, you, you know this. 
You seem to like the, uh, you, you said you liked the Sexy Priest game and, uh, uh, I guess the Mermaid game. Those were the two you liked. You weren't, uh, I, I guess Love on the Oregon Trail is something we were already talking about. That's already mm-hmm. just on the back burner for now. Mm-hmm. But, oh gosh, what was the other one I did? Uh, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, yeah, that's yeah. also on, that's also another game yeah. that's been on the back. And I mean, burner. when 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 you say I don't like, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't think the game will be successful or anything. Like, I'm just speaking like in terms of what's a game that I would be personally interested in working on. And and Pride and Prejudice, you said, yeah, you didn't like the yeah. book. I fell asleep while reading the book. I don't think I've ever even finished it, so I feel like I would fall asleep while coding it too. You know. Yeah, so I mean, I'd outlined it. Uh, okay, 2014. So that yeah. was. But I actually, so I found um, you, yeah, you would you would worked on like a demo of it in the past, you and Diana Gray, and I and I saw the uh, post on Choice of Games where you you posted the demo and asked for feedback, and it seemed like it was getting a pretty positive response. People liked it, like they were they were into it. So you know, there might still be an audience for that if you wanted to make the Pride and Prejudice game on hosted games or. Like I was saying before, Mermaids probably would sell well. I mean, what do I know? I haven't had a game that sold well. What do I know? Don't ask me. <laughs> well, I know basically, uh, no, I mean, I messaged Diana and she said, yeah. sure, go ahead. <laughs> ba- basically, what she said, it's like, you want to go ahead and write the write the whole thing out, um, pass, the, pass the demo, just write the whole thing out. She's like, sure, go ahead. You need oh. anything from me, let me know. I'm like, <laughs> she doesn't want to work on it with you? Um... She wrote chapter one. Yeah. But like I said, this is like something we had outlined three plus years ago <laughs> at this point. I don't remember the game or, or the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, people were responding well to the idea of an interactive version of Pride and Prejudice where you could pick a different love, love interest or, you you know, you play as a guy instead of a woman. You I mean, all kinds of different weird things you could do with the novel. So mm-hmm. it could be something. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was figuring out. Um, I know you mentioned with the uh, with the mermaid game. Mm-hmm. Um, the The next question is whether to do it as a, I guess a visual novel or as um, a, I guess a text game. Basically, mm-hmm. the way a choice of game works is it's sort of like a, a visual novel without any visuals. They have a multiple choice menu uh, pop up every now and then, like. You know, with the mermaid game, it's like, oh, our character's telling her daughter a story. What should the story be about? Option one is humans. Option two is sharks. Option number three is the the, the father. Another question, um, which you happen to know if Renpy has the ability to, like, switch um, uh, fonts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I've, I think I've I've uh, changed the font in all of our games except for my Nigerian Prince, which used a lot of the the default stuff because I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> That's the thing is I don't really know what I'm doing on Red <laughs> either. Well, see, I'm I'm happy to serve as a resource, but but yeah, I do think um, I think a text adventure might might be, or sorry, uh, interactive fiction choice of game style game might be might be worth considering just because it, it feels like there's a lot less like investment you have to make like you just you have to write it and you have to code it but you don't need to look up you don't need to find an artist you don't need to figure out how to do music sound effects you don't need to make a title screen i don't think Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's all it's all text-based so i mean maybe that would be that would be worth considering especially for a solo project that might be yeah worth looking into 
Uh, and it seems like they have a pretty decent audience, too. I mean, they wouldn't keep making these games. They wouldn't keep hiring writers if they weren't making money off of this. So, Yeah. So I guess two things here. Uh, uh, number yeah. one, I was just wondering about changing the text. I wonder if that's possible in choice of games, yes. too. Because I was going to... Oh... I was going to have a thing with Princess Ariel, but uh, spelled like the uh, the font, and then have the game oh, no. switch oh, no. oh, to oh, Ariel Michael. font at that oh, point Michael. in the game. <laughs> oh, Michael. Um, uh, so I don't know. I've, I've, uh, the, the language they use, it's, it's like an internal thing they uh, called choice script, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I've never worked with it, but I've seen a lot of choice of games games, and I think they all use the same font. Oh no, I can't use that. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a different font. Um, but I'll, well, that, also, that, that, um, that settles to, to, it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, to to really crush your dreams, I don't know that you can use Arial the font uh, commercially anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't use it because it costs money. I think that's why for the lawyer game, uh, we specifically looked into. Uh, royalty-free emojis, I believe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the emojis that are built into iOS or Twitter or Gmail or anything like that, like, those are... It's a proprietary emoji font for each of those things, so... Uh, but we were able to find something. It was a uh, Creative Commons emoji graphics yeah, emoji online. Emoji1.com uh, yeah. is emoji O-N-E. It looks like they've actually changed the way they might work. Oh, no. Um, oh, did they change the license? Or right at the top it says "Get license now." Oh, I don't know about this. Oh, they have a free license. Hopefully, that's the no, one that's... I used. Oh, <laughs> yep, there it is. No, we can't use that one. Look, they um, it it doesn't have a check mark next to commercial projects. You're not allowed to use these with commercial projects. So we'll have to find a different one. Oh darn! And that. <sighs> that I'll redraw all the emojis for the puzzle. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, did you, you did you already do some some work with these or? Um, no. It was basically for um the worst high school reunion ever, where uh, mm. I mean I copy pasted the puzzle from that onto um the onto the lawyer game. So I don't know off the top of my head, but somewhere I've got like the picture of the emojis because right now it is in the lawyer script. It's like image one A, image one B, image one C. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And no, yeah. that means nothing without the emoji, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll... I mean, there's bound to be another set of, of Creative Commons emoji out there somewhere. I mean, maybe these ones were never okay for commercial use, and I just misread the license. I don't know. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. There's going to be something we can use. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not that, that big of a problem. I, I hope not, anyway. It's the end of the world. The game is canceled. Um, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> No, I wait. I like this game. I don't want to cancel this one. Um, we got a we got a couple of questions on Twitter. If you'd like to talk about those for a little bit, um, oh nope, is there something else you want to talk about first? Yeah, I guess my question was uh, yeah. uh, basically I want to now at this point is trying to decide whether or not to use the mermaid game. I guess as right. a, as visual novel or as a text one because um, it'll be a different stylist style of writing basically if it's a visual novel it's going to be more uh shall you say dialogue based whereas yes. if it's a text game it's going to be more um narrative heavy yeah i mean <laughs> it's totally up to you like i said um uh the the 
issues with the visual novel, obviously, is that it requires more assets, you know, the music and the art and the sound effects and all that to go along with it, whereas the choice of games uh, text game would just just be what you write. Um, but you also, I imagine, and I, I guess I haven't tried this myself, but for a text-based game, you probably have to write a lot more than you have to write for a visual novel because, you know, you don't just have a background and a person emoting to indicate like what's happening in a scene. You have to describe the scene. So it might end up being more work in that regard. I'm always so awful at doing that. Um, <laughs> I realized when I was younger, I always skip skip the scenes in books when somebody's discussing the scenery. I'm like, oh, okay, I can skip this. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I guess yeah. my question would be, you know, if yeah. I do make the mermaid game as a visual novel, yeah. would I have to self-publish or would I... Is there like some way I could get this hooked onto Oarock Studios <laughs> so uh, you can I do mean... all the promotion for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to talk. I mean, <laughs> if I can get a little, uh, you know, a small percentage of the revenue, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously that's what I would I would do. Yeah. But I mean, I would be so willing to give up a percentage of the revenue <laughs> if that means. But Wait, also, yeah, you know I what think, yeah. GUIs are, so. <laughs> oh wait a minute i did not sign up to take care of the interfaces that's the thing i hate the most about game development i did not sign up for that oh, okay i could try to figure it out then i don't i don't like doing that on my games well what exactly <laughs> did you mean by uh gui yeah so- okay so yeah i remember i was i was talking about that last month too how that was like the last thing i still needed to do with a couple of our games so when i when i say the gui or or the gui it's actually people do pronounce it gui that's not just me being weird uh, I had a programming uh, teacher in high school pronounce it that way, I think. Um, oh, anyway. that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Actually, no, The uh, working at the IRS, they have internal revenue uh, manuals, IRMs. Uh, some people call them IRMs, other people call them IRMs. It depends on which part of the country you're in. And uh, so, well, it's like, what, like like uh, SNES and SNES, right? Yeah. <laughs> Except... That one, SNES is wrong. You cannot call it SNES. That no NES, no SNES. They're both wrong. Anyway, yeah. uh, the, so the GUIs. <laughs> um, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about uh, specifically with our games. It's the title screen, the save screen, the load screen, uh, the credits screen. If I'm doing a screen instead of like you know like scrolling credits like at the end of Cat President, if I'm doing a credits just screen where you click on it and it lists everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about um, the confirmation screen. So, like, when you go to exit the game, you get a little message that says, do you really want to quit? Like, that's all stuff that I have to make, and I have to design and figure out what it looks like. Interesting, because I thought with, like, My Nigerian Prince, or at least with Francie Drew... um, Mm -hmm. I guess you wanted me to draw out, like, what what would the title screen be? I mean, obviously, I did title screens for um, Francie Drew, kind mm-hmm. of, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's we, not a title you... screen, yeah. is it? It's an actual in-game screen that shows, yeah, which I don't, looks like a title. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a term for that. I don't... I guess it probably could be title screen, but it's, like, it's like too, in a, in a movie where you watch, like, the intro of the movie, and then, like... They have the this, text of the, the logo yeah. of the uh, the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember with my Nigerian prince, I drew like uh, several different variations of what the title screen and such could be. That's true. Yeah. So that that I guess I should to be more clear, I should say the main menu. Then I mean that's what I mean. The thing that loads when you start the game and and it has buttons for start game, load game, 
credits exit, all those th- all that stuff, the the main menu. I mean, that's okay. one of the things. Yeah, gosh, I wish this was a game that I did the artwork for. Otherwise, I I would be able to help you with that <laughs> and, and draw like a load menu and a save yeah. menu if that would save that much time. Uh, no, it's it's. I mean, it's actually pretty much all done. That was the other thing I was able to work on the last month uh, before the contract came in. Was that I did I did pretty much work out the the GUIs for for the two remaining Francie Drew and Friends games for oh, uh, Who Am just, I? You should have just yelled at me to do a, do it for um, Trapped in a Soap Opera. That would have <laughs> oh, been so easy. Oh, I right. just would have done just like I did with Francie Drew. With this, the logo is uh, basically I just draw a whole new piece of art and. I don't know if that's a thing, but uh, you know, I see it with games where generally the title screen is a, a different piece of artwork, which is not used in right, game yeah. anywhere else. Like it's a proprietary yeah, you, picture just for uh, that. Yeah, you talked about that with um, I forget if this is on the podcast, but with one of our games uh, that we're working on, Pizza Boy, uh, you talked about how we have an image, actually two images on the title screen, two photographs of the two main characters, where they're like, yeah, like you said, specifically for the main menu. Mm-hmm. They're not used in the game itself. Yeah. Well, gosh. Unique art. Is there is there any more unique art of <laughs> of uh, other characters in that game? <laughs> in Pizza Boy? Yeah, I'm sure there must be, mm. you know. Oh, I mean, most of the characters, I'm sure, have pictures that I haven't used yet. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying it's like, could there be some way to, uh, you know, take advantage of that? It's like, well, here's a really cool picture of Dog, which never made its way into the actual game. Hey, guess what? You're the save screen picture. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, if there's, like, a picture of, like, Doug looking, like, particularly nervous, like, are you sure you want to quit? <laughs> that <laughs> would be like great. That. Or, you know, future Doug giving thumbs up yeah. to somebody who's oh. saving the game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I could do something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, even then, it's not even, like, gathering the art is only, like, the first step of making these things. You still have to, like, figure out where everything goes, make the background look nice, make the colors all look good, pick a font... Put the pick a font size. May, choose what it looks like when you're hovering your cursor over the yes and no buttons. Like, there's so many stupid, fiddly little things you have to worry about. That once again, this is another one of those things. Like, literally everything else, I have no training in, so I'm just sort of you know figuring it out as I go. And and as a result, it, it takes me a little while. <laughs> yeah, no, that. Makes and then sense. you have to program it, and that's a whole nother to do. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got a ton of pictures of Doug being unsure inside. Yeah, I, that's a good idea though. I'm, I haven't even really thought about the the save and load screens and, and the confirmation screens for Pizza Boy yet but I'll, I'll try to keep that in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. You can use We can use some of those photos that might get us somewhere. Interesting. Yep. Time saver, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, um, should we talk about a couple of these questions we got on Twitter real quick? Um... Oh, you have something else you want to talk about first? <laughs> no, I was I was just wondering if I could get a a, a yes or no confirmation on the the stuff simply because you uh, uh the mermaid game is the only game I'm thinking oh, of doing yes. as a visual okay. novel. You know, if you'd be willing to do that, you I mean, you give a better percentage than um than choice of games. They give like well, a fifteen percent. Here's I'll put it. I'll I'll be ha- so. There's a couple things we'd have to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, so one thing is that to publish a game on Steam now, we have to spend $100, like, up front. That's so right, we'd have yeah. to, we'd have to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know, we don't need to talk about that right now, but we would have to talk about that. Um, but the other thing would be, like, what you want me to do, like, you want, I, I'm happy to publish the game under the OROC Studios label and, and set up the store and do the screenshots and trailer and all that stuff. Um, 
But yeah, if you want me to make the graphical user interface, I don't know that I will want to do that because I hate that so much. <laughs> okay. So that would be... But I'll, I'll put it out. I mean, that's how I'll put it, that um, I'm happy to do the other stuff that I talked about um, once we figure out what my percentage would be and what we do about the fee. Um, I'm, but I would not probably not be willing to take care of the screens, <laughs> the, G- the GUI. Okay. Talk it over with my wife, I guess. She's the one I'm getting all these, bouncing all these games ideas off of anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's the one who said mermaids are big now, so. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Would you to... like to talk about these questions we got on Twitter? I think one of them we already mentioned, but let's go with it. Uh, doing a, <laughs> yeah. a playthrough of one of our games. I, I did the yeah. playthrough for Cat President, right? <laughs> you did. Well, so Elizabeth Pfeffer was spe- specifically asking us if we've ever thought of playing a game together for a walkthrough. So she didn't specify games that we made. But regardless of that, we actually have done that before. We uh, did it back with Game Cola, the YouTube channel GC.net. The letters G and C and the words dot and net. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we did a uh, The Adventures a of Willie Beamish. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> where if i recall about halfway through the video like i stopped being able to hear what you were saying at all so i was just kind of responding to what i sort of thought you were saying oh that's great i just remember um because we had to use an emulator the emulator uh, it was a time challenge and so in order to beat it you have to set the emulator down to slowest possible oh, speed gosh. in order to get through because it's run based off the processing speed of your computer and modern computers have a much better processing speed than uh, the ones back then. Wasn't there like like a like like one or two entire videos of us trying to figure out that puzzle too? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. Yeah, so that's probably really entertaining uh, a series if you want to find it. Like I said, it's on Game Cola. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Michael, but we also played through uh, Ninja Turtles: Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we also did a let's play of that for game cola where if i recall correctly like i think in like the second to last level or maybe the last level michael just his character just died and he left and it was just me for a while <laughs> <laughs> you defeated the boss on your own because you I, could actually I, I play the game <laughs> oh yeah so that that's also out there so there are a couple videos out there from like a hundred years ago that we've done together but we've we haven't really talked about doing anything uh at the moment, together. Uh, maybe someday. I think that would be kind of fun for us to do a developer's Let's Play of, of some game. Maybe Pizza Boy when it comes out. Yeah, like that. yeah, that could be interesting. It's just... Um, that involves scheduling. Basically, yeah. I need to, to have somebody watch the kids so I can do, <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that that's where that is. Um, and Elizabeth uh, had another question. Uh, this one's specifically for you, Michael. Uh-oh. Uh... <laughs> Did Katie ever watch your video walkthroughs while you were dating? I don't think so. She might have watched one or two, but that was probably about it. I mean, like one or two videos. <laughs> has she has she watched them since? No, I don't watch my video walkthroughs. Why would <laughs> she watch them? <laughs> um, oh, 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 
It's fair. It hurts, though. I know. I it's uh you yeah. know I had her on uh, the live stream when I was playing. Um, uh, you know I had her play a couple of the Nancy Drew games with me when I was doing the 2014 yeah. uh, Mega Marathon. Um, I also had her. Uh, we played Phoenix Wright together. Um, on the Wii, so uh, I don't know why I insisted on that while we were dating, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean that that was basically it, and now she basically just leaves me alone and let me let me do whatever for my channel. She's generally asking, "Is like, hey, are those Babysitters Club reviews still making money? Maybe you should stop <laughs> doing that if it's not making enough money." Oh. <laughs> And no, oh. she says it's about like literally everything I'm doing, which is an extended oh, project which sad. takes time. It's like, but but I can get these books for free on the internet. Oh, literally, it's all profit. Although it does take me a while to read books and you know write reviews. Mm-hmm. Not the case with the Babysitters Club ones; those are really quick reads. Um, mm-hmm. I forget what other books I've read, which have not been quick reads, but... Uh, th- I'm, I'm just waiting for you to start a YouTube series on all the Animorphs books. I can't do it because somebody else has already done it and finished uh, the series. Oh, man. I guess there's also like a lot of podcasts and stuff about Animorphs that wouldn't really be unique content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what I really want to do, but uh, right now yeah, I'm just... Yeah, because that would be awesome. I'd watch those. Right now I'm just switching back and forth between Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High until one of them is finished. Um, it's going to mm-hmm. be Sweet Valley High, but um, I don't know what I'm going to do um, next or elsewise. This has nothing to do with the podcast. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You, Actually, you don't care about the California Diary stuff. Of course we do. Um, no, I really... <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to mention while we're talking about uh, your your YouTube fame. So I think I, I mentioned on the podcast before that I have a, another convention coming up in November uh, called Retro Game Con. Uh, it's in Syracuse, November 18th and the 19th, I think. And I'm, I think I'm going to be showing off the beard in the mirror there. Um, but I was looking at their guest list and... Uh, they list uh, two or three different YouTubers, and I looked. I looked a few of them up. One of them has way, way fewer uh, subscribers than you do. Oh my! Do they have like more overall views or something? Ah, I guess I didn't. I didn't check that. I just looked at the subscriber count, and it was it was eight thousand subscribers. Oh, and they're a special guest. What? That's what I'm saying. Like. You could be a special guest at these kind of things, man. Just just for your YouTube's alone, the Nancy Drew dude. You could you could do uh, you could do panels at, at local conventions or set up a table, sign autographs, stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know who would come to visit me, uh, but that'd who be would great. come to this guy who has eight thousand subscribers? But he plays Minecraft. <laughs> no, he's. It was something like he. Actually, no, I don't want to say because now I'm kind of dumping on the guy, so I don't want to give any description. Of okay, so it looks like I've got 37,000 subscribers now. So that's, yeah. I'm just saying, if if they're like our gaming conventions where they, they host YouTubers, you could, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that would help you build your brand at all, but <laughs> it'd be fun. <laughs> okay, I'll anyway, put we've, that down, Anyway, we've been yeah. going for a little while now, so I think uh, I think it's about time to start wrapping this up. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfump, uh, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit oarock.com for the complete library. 
Our latest game by O'Rock Studios is the Awkward Steve Duology, an FMV game about trying to interact with fellow humans in a normal and healthy way. Uh, our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions about game development or our game specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at orock.com. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, as usual, just just thanks for playing our games and let it, letting us do that. Yes, thank you. Thank you all so much. Yep. If any of you know how to do pixel art, please let us know. <laughs> Apparently we need that really badly now. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Another podcast in the books. Book, book, book.